All right, this is The Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> this is a Friday that we're doing this, but we have a fantastic guest, Gwen Loeb. How you doing, Gwen? Hi. <laughs> I'm doing well. Fantastic. And uh, boy, it's a scorcher out there. <laughs> well, it grew in the sun, really, yeah. but it's also a breeze, so when you get out of the sun, we went for a bike ride today. Uh-huh. And, uh, Crazy. I was just out in Livermore. It's 108 out there. This is cold. That, <laughs> this <yeah>. is nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm loving the heat. That's the other thing. Yeah. I'm like, Lisa, yeah. please hire me back because <laughs> I just want to be out in the heat. It is wonderful. Yeah, no, I'm a fog girl. I, I'm mm. like, yeah, wearing 33 layers of costumes in 108 degree temperatures. That's just like, it was I'm funny. melting. Oh, that's right. Acting outside, right? Mm-hmm. Acting oh, outside. Oh, goodness, yeah. Well, the thing is you can't prepare for it. Because one, one right. of the things we realize is when you get that hot, you get breathless. Uh-huh. And so, you you know, you're doing your lines in your car, in your shower, oh. wherever. And you're fine. And then you get out on stage and... Yeah, all of a sudden you're like, why can't I get through this line? <laughs> As your shoes are melting into the deck. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, uh, Gwen, you're you're a veteran actress. Uh, how long have you been? Um, how long have you been acting in the Bay? How long have I been acting in the Bay? Well, I got here January 1st of 1995, and mm-hmm. I've been acting on and off since then. Yeah, it's um, about 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, I took yeah. some time off. You know, I've got a 12 year old daughter, and we all parent differently. And for me, there was you know there was a span of time where yeah, I needed to step back because, right. you know, I tried to leave the house and she would wrap herself around my legs and just sob. And no. I was like, I couldn't yeah. quite come up with the script that was worth that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I hear you. So, but, uh, yeah, 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 back full force now. Right <laughs> on. So as I begin all uh, podcasts, how's your week, Norman? It's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, have I talked to you since my mother? My mother had a stroke. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you did, oh and I remember. I mean, I don't, I don't think we put it on the podcast. We've talked. Yeah, no, 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 but we did. Remember, Vaughn okay. was here, and oh, right. I mentioned, oh, yes, and yes, you yes, talked yes. all about it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, so no, she's things doing are better. Fine. She's doing much better. Yeah. Um, she's still struggling for a few words, but yeah. mm. um, their therapy says that it's going really well. They expect her to be yeah. pretty much fully recovered. Emotionally, she's doing good. Emotionally, she's happy. She's good. active. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves things like Sudoku, so she's playing her puzzles and, and enjoying all that. And yeah, that's great. And family is all leaning in, and the Good. birthday comes up in a couple of weeks. Actually, yeah, it'll be wow. Gone yeah, in okay. A couple of weeks for her birthday. Um, and so yeah, we had already started to make all these plans. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> yeah, uh, we were going to have yeah. a, a surprise thing. We were actually setting it up with another friend. She lives mm-hmm. in San Diego. You know that means this is going to be the first podcast she listens to, right? <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah. matter because we <laughs> no, we're not going to jinx. Yeah. That, oh, um, because we just wanted to make sure she had time. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. we're I'm going to fly down. My sister, I think my sister is there or about to go. Um, my brother lives down in. L.A., so he's just driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And my cousin lives in San Diego. His cousin, nephew, lives in San Diego. So he's checking on them. When he was in college, he was actually staying with them. Oh. And they're feeling a little bit of the empty nest thing right now, which is a crack up. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he just doesn't come around. <laughs> well, he's grown. <laughs> All right. You know, it's, and it's you know when he was there, they were probably like, uh, you, need to, you need to go. It's yeah. <laughs> well, no, apparently, and he even says that he's OCD. So the house was cleaner. Oh. When he was there. Mm. Yeah, those are the kinds of house oh, nice. guests you want to keep. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, it's wonderful that your family are together. You hear the opposite when you hear stories about someone having a stroke or whatever. And let's say it's a drag to bring family members yeah. together. Hey, I need some help. Can you help right. me out? 
and you hear that, well, I don't know, it's going to be tough and whatever. But it sounds like that none of that's happening. Everyone is. I think this is just a wake-up call. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so you got your plan. If you didn't have your plan together, you better have it together now because the next time is probably be serious. Yeah, yeah. So my sister's up in Portland, and more than likely she will just fly down immediately mm-hmm. and be there. Is this the same one who came beforehand? Remember he had a sister who came yeah. and sat in? Yes. Right on. Oh, Vicky, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. We, we did not interview her. <laughs> she was shy. She didn't want to, yeah. Well, I thought you were afraid of what she was going to say about yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten over it at this point. My brother at one point came to an opening, Came, flew up to see a show, Yeah. came to the opening. No, yeah, it was an opening party. Um, had a little reception afterwards. Like people talking, so what's it like to have Norman as a brother? And he's huge. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he used to beat us. What? And they said, no. And he said, you don't understand. People started making jokes about it. He said, you don't understand. He had all three of us down on the ground. <laughs> I have no memory of this. But I'm like, yeah, that sounds like what I would have done. <laughs> it's amazing what family members remember. Remember. <laughs> like I'll famously tell my sisters or brothers or my mom or whatever. Oh, remember when this happened? And like, what? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember that. So I just it's funny had how one of those with memory. my parents, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad, my whole life, he would, he would make fun of uh, – <coughs> This, this is sad. He would make fun of Mr. Rogers because he had such uh-huh. a that uh-huh. soothing voice. But, you know, right. and mm-hmm. I bring that up in the car and he's like, what? I've never said that about Mr. Rogers. I was like, okay, you are <laughs> gaslighting me right now. What is going on? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing the things one selectively forgets sure. as you get older. Right? And I'll have argues with my mom, my second mom. You know, she's like, I never said that. I, I don't know what you're – and I'm like, okay, never mind. I can't even get into this argument. Yeah, yeah, my, my siblings and I have bonded really well now because it's like, okay, so – I just need to check in with you. You remember this? Okay, good. You remember it. I remember it. Mom's version of yeah. this is now yeah. completely different. Like, she's practically right? the Virgin Mary yeah. before I was born. Right? Yeah. Okay. I know. We could do a whole podcast on family memories and, you know, oh. the things. And, like, every time I go back, especially on my mother's side, my biological mother's side, if I wanted to hear a story about what happened in the past, mm-hmm. I'll get five or six different versions. Right. Yeah. Depending upon yeah. what it is. It's, it's kind of weird. So the other big thing this week was yes. we went out to Calaveras Big Trees. Oh, all right. Um, and apparently there's a fire out in that area. I heard a kid <laughs> I has, Yosemite, I guess, I heard a, a kid fire. Oh. fire. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same one. But oh, I knew I Oregon was, was on all fire, but Calaveras? hazy. Yeah, California. Wow. Oh. Um, mm. It's all hazy out there. And wow. You can kind of smell it. But it doesn't matter. The sequoias are monstrously huge mm-hmm. and so wonderful to you know, just be there. Wow. And Beautiful. so Mara and I went and we hiked. Mm-hmm. There's a big trail. We went out on the big trail. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping to get all the way out, but we got out to, there's a point where they tell you, you could turn back here. We're like, no, but the biggest tree is just up here. So we went up to see the biggest tree and we kept passing these big trees and going, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> Finally, we get there and there's an old fashioned <coughs> sign. They've removed most of the signs off the trees, Yeah, but they kept some of the old fashioned ones. And so there was a sign. It was like, okay. And I look at the map again and I'm okay. So the distance that we just went, that is the distance to the next tree. And that's not the last one in the, in the, on the yeah. path. So we turned around <laughs> and said, okay, we saw the big one. That's, that's good enough. Big enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. <laughs> and oh, then zip back here. Mm-hmm. I, um, it's, 
usually you're the one who's busy theater wise mm-hmm. and you know and you're telling and so it's the opposite now I've been busy theater wise mm-hmm. I've been on stage with the Playwright Center of San Francisco oh, mm-hmm. nice. they're doing their second round of showcases and it's just been a series of one acts mm-hmm. nine one acts mm-hmm. and there are six actors Luel Senores Yay. I'm acting with him get to getting to see him in his glory he just finished Universal Robots right and I saw him in the human ear Right. Uh, Anton's well, mm-hmm. and uh, he's fantastic. He's you know very engaging, and he can adapt different personalities mm-hmm. just at the drop of a hat. Yeah, he's quick. L- you know him? Yeah. 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 Small world, right? Theater, well, I'm, small I've only worked world. with him as a stage manager, but he is a oh, that's right. fantastic stage wow. manager. Yeah. yeah, I worked with him a couple times in the. I don't know. He's a stage manager. Yeah, he's very um, organized. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, he's all, he's very upbeat as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard for the cat. You know, sometimes with a. A dour stage manager on the <coughs> cast can start to get kind of complaining. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Yeah, Luell keeps everyone, you know, up. Cool. I'll, I'll remind him. I'll tell him I was a former stage manager, too, <laughs> until <laughs> folks just drove me crazy. And I was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> You're like, that's yeah. not for me. Yeah. But working yeah, yeah. with him, working with Radhika Rao, and, oh, yeah. uh, who's a fantastic director, fantastic actress as well. And Is she directing in this? She's directing. Okay. She's directing all um, mm-hmm. nine of, of these. Oh, wow. Yeah. So act one, it was Sean Jay. Mm-hmm. Act two is Radhika. And I think Act Three will be Sanjay. I think a mix of both. So, um, so, and we'll plug that um, okay. on the nice. ha- uh, latter half of this podcast. Okay, cool. but it's been great. It's been great. There's one piece. Uh, I've got to remember who the playwright is. It's called Mister the Bear, and it deals. It's interesting. Three of the pieces sort of deal with death and dying, um, yeah. and you never know how people's minds are. How how what what's on the playwright's mind? Right. You know whether one was inspired by the other, but it was, it was just a fantastic piece of reconciliation, basically finding closure. Oh. There's an uh, mm-hmm. old man who, when he was six years old, was involved in a car accident which killed his mother and his sister. Mm. And the scene is basically about him talking with the ghost of his sister who continues to wow. harass him or whatever. Yeah. And she has a mythical bear called Mr. the Bear. Mm-hmm. And says, listen, you know, fix the bear because the bear has a little torn ear. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not fixing that thing. Just leave me alone. Go back to heaven or the other side. Just I can't deal with your presence right now. It's revealed, spoilers, 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 <laughs> that he had inside him the guilt that when he was six years old, and of course we do crazy things when we're six, mm-hmm. he actually wished that, that she died oh, okay. before um, the accident happened. Ooh. And Ouch. As an old man, he had he had sort of buried it, mm-hmm. and these things happen, you know, uh, you know, yeah. psychologically. Mm-hmm. And it took, I guess, her image, or who knows why it happened this time around. But it was a wonderful scene where you know the dialogue is very sparse, but as they're arguing, he says, "Okay, yes, I wish that you died, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." He fixes the myth- mythical bear, and she says, "Okay, I don't need the bear anymore; it's yours." Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go off to the other side now. But it's beautiful, and the actress oh, who, I, uh, who, wrote who it. you know, I, I, I will find out. <laughs> <laughs> These are things to to learn. But there's a woman named Roberta who uh, who does a fantastic job uh, acting in it, and uh, there's another uh, guy. But those are just one of nine pieces, and uh, you get a little mix of everything. We that had Vaughn good. Scott Bear, who was on. He has his oh, piece yeah, 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 where right. he talks about um, the guy who saved. Uh, this is based on a real story. Oh right. Um, um, uh, Jews, yes. Yeah. Uh, Duck, du- uh, Duckworth. 
Yeah. You just say Jews. In, in, at any point <laughs> yeah. in the conversation, just say Jews. Jews, yeah, right? Exactly. Jews. But he, he saved <laughs> at least. It was such a beautiful story, really. Yeah, really I was, was just trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, Duckworth is a bureaucrat who saves thousands of Jews. Um, and then he reverts back to, you know. Um, just being a bureaucrat. Just being a bureaucrat. And there's a, a Jew who had been saved who finds him. In I think uh, Argentina in 1970, and so this is all based on hanging out with Mm -hmm. the Nazis. Yeah, (laughs) well, yeah, and that's a fascinating thing. I don't know what was going on with you know with South America and the Nazis. A lot, a lot of Jews escaped to Argentina as well. I think they just opened up their. uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. no, no, it's very cool. So that's what was going on. Um, Shall we jump into? Let's jump into current events. Yes. Yeah, we have Trump and Putin and the back and forth between that. Oh, <laughs> what every a mess. day. Yeah, yeah. Did you see today that they uh, they have shown that his business was funded by the Russian mafia? Is that, that right, Trump? That they're showing that that might no, that might be the compromise mm-hmm. with with yeah. him. Forget the tape. It's all it's, it's, it's as all clear as it's as clear as day that yeah. Putin has something over him. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, how else can you explain what's going on? Well, dementia, but well, also yeah. he's got something. I mean, there, he's a narcissist, and yes. mm-hmm. clearly he's compromised. And they were, right. mm-hmm. you know, the the upper echelons of our government were told he was compromised during the 2016 election. And that yeah. is the yeah. Mitch McConnell knew and wouldn't really? let it be announced. And that's, mm, I, what do we do? Yeah, What it's, do we do? Just get a big broom and sweep them all out, you know? Yeah, well, well yeah. let's hope so. And I just, just as we were, just before we uh, hit record i got on my push notification one of the um the father of one of the uh, victims of the um stoneman douglas shooting oh, mm-hmm. passed away oh. uh, i th- believe he was shot what and not only that but the doctor of george herbert walker bush was also shot what? here i'll i'll read the uh what is going okay. on well, I mean, it, it, this is just indicative of, you know, what's happening. President George Herbert Walker Bush's heart doctor killed in a bicycle driving, b- drive-by shooting. Bicycle drive-by shooting. Wait, was he Who on his bicycle or did, was the shooter on a bicycle? <coughs> well, I can read the article uh, and also um, – That's ballsy to be yeah. carrying like an AK-47 on a bike. But all, <laughs> what, what all, also, uh, the father of two Parkland survivors is shot and killed during a robbery. Oh. Yeah. And um, oh, I mean, man. you know, gun violence. I mean, what's what's it going to take? How much well, blood will it take? Well, and apparently there's uh, the uh, the 3D, the maker. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's right. Law just passed yeah. about making guns. They can make guns. Yeah. plastic y- guns. Oh, you mean but the 3D printers? The yeah, 3D that's right. 3D printers. printers. That they're allowed to now make guns. Yes. Yeah. Which are not detectable in metal detectors. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is really horrible. Oh I don't. I don't know God. what it's going to take. I mean. Um, Gwen, I mean, I ask all of my guests, how do you feel about what's what's happening? And I mean, are you dejected? Are do you feel, you know, um, are you are you motivated by the activists? Um, how how do you feel in general in the in the age of Trump? Well, I mean, my family have and I have always been activists, and um, you know, politics is to my family as football is to other families. Okay. Like we, I hear you, you know. So, <laughs> unfortunately, right now everyone's been in high dudgeon for so long, it does start to get really exhausting. And there yeah. are days where I realized I have to take days to just not check in. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the rate, at the speed things are going, Absolutely. you yeah. check out for 12 hours and you're like, I'm sorry, what happened? Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just signed up uh, to volunteer to, to 
do get out the vote stuff with Swing Left. Um, yeah. I'm going to host some fundraising uh, for uh, another friend who's going to um, vulnerable districts mm -hmm. uh, in California, oh. so going to the closest oh. districts, and trying to activate the people who just didn't vote. So rather right. than going to likely voters, yeah. go to the ones who – this. These people who are staying out. Yeah. Yes, more than yeah. anything, I just want somebody to interview them and find out mm -hmm. what it is because there's uh, so many people who just don't vote. And I'm like, yeah. what's going through your head? I'm just curious. Well, I really think there's a, a significant portion of uh, the population that just really feels their vote doesn't count, yeah. that it just doesn't matter. Right. Um, there's another portion that have bought into the idea that my government is not representing me, therefore I will protest by not voting, right. which is, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Now, you're, now your government will never represent you. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think then there is, we can't discount the fact that it is one day and we have, and, and we have states like California that make it easier with mail-in ballots, but mm. there are a lot of people who, mm. when you are working three jobs, you have a family, everything right. else, Getting to vote, getting out to vote, you may not have time. Right. You may not have ability. When the the efforts uh, by the GOP to gerrymander and to yeah. close mm -hmm. voting stations yeah. and to scrub people from the records, I mean, it's it is it, we've been going through a slow motion um, coup <laughs> yeah. for yeah. you know for for quite a while and. And the problem is that, like the you know the frog in the slowly boiling water, right? It's one little thing at a time, yeah. And so mm -hmm. it's difficult to get people to understand. Take to the streets. They just gerrymandered this district in Wisconsin. Like you don't understand. Right. Like yeah. none of us can realize. Oh, that's going to lead to Trump, which is going to lead to mm -hmm. somebody who's compromised by the Russians, and it's going to mm -hmm. lead to Paul Ryan, whose whole goal in life is to get rid of Social Security. That right. We have all been paying into. That's our mm. money. Right. Yep, that's, right. that's the part that gets me. Is like, what do you mean you're going to cut it back? That's my money. You stole my money. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and you bring a good point. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't know or not activate unless it reaches the national level. And by yeah. a lot of times, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. Because the people on the local level have all been elected. Yeah. Who right. control the gerrymandering. Yeah. And yep. the, and the other things. Well, yeah. I think California is going to be tricky because I think. I'm hoping that Gavin will be a good boy mm -hmm. and realize that he needs to help us. Look, he's going to win. There's, you know, practically oh, no way careful, he's not going to win. Careful, careful now. <laughs> but, um, like, I guess one of the things he was pushing recently was abortion. And I'm like, dude, do you really need the GOP to come out? Is that what you need? Because that's what you're doing. You don't need to say abortion to us. We We know where we stand. We know where you stand. You don't. You're going to mobilize them. <laughs> Don't mobilize them. <laughs> Which is, unfortunately, I mean, what Gavin did when the way he handled uh, marriage rights mm -hmm. in San Francisco, right. the timing of when he did it and the way he did it turned the GOP out for a key mm -hmm. yeah. midterm. And so while <coughs> I think we're all very you know, proud of him for doing it, Big part of politics is recognizing timing. And well, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm and crossing my fingers. Yeah. What do you say and when do you say it? Yeah. And it's one of the things that Obama, when he was president, got knocked for because he knew sort of, you know, politically what to say, what not to say. Right. And how to, you know, and a lot of progressives were like, hey, you know, you need to move further right. I mean, I'm sorry, further, further left. left. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's. 
Well, I, I do think that we are we have been suffering under a, a long time the um, Democratic Leadership Committee that was yeah. created by the Clintons. The yep. let's pull the party to the center. Mm. That's the way to sure. get more votes. Right. And I, I think what's if there are good things that are coming out of this present moment is that it is activating younger people who mm-hmm. often stay home. Right. And if we can activate them, that's that's huge because mm-hmm. they tend to be more liberal. Uh, it is causing a wave coming up from the further left, which hopefully if we can get enough voters activated, that will mean that we can stop with this trying to appease right, yeah. um, Republican voters and right. try yeah. to turn them into Democrats because right. we've been playing this game <coughs> yeah, for right. quite a while. Al Gore was actually a very liberal candidate yeah. who was so um, – you know, th- his handlers kept him managed. so controlled yeah. and yeah. managed – he never mentioned climate change right. the entire time. Like, he's Mr. Climate Change. Right. He never yeah, mentioned yeah. it, right? Yeah. It, it's fascinating. Al Gore, I remember his wife, Tipper Gore, yeah. and her attack on, uh, I don't know if it was attack, yeah, music, you know, uh, Two Live Crew and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, it was a different time period. I mean, I remember when Hillary Clinton, I know this is becoming a political thing, <laughs> podcast, yeah, but yeah. we'll get into theater in a minute, but... Mm-hmm. You know, um, where um, the black, I think it was the uh, the Black Lives Matter, attacked Hillary Clinton because of what Bill Clinton had did. Right. Yeah. The super predator right. yeah. bill. And people don't understand, the even the Democrat Party at that time was moderate, very, yeah. very moderate, very because yeah. Bill Clinton was coming from Arkansas and he had to win those votes. Right. That's yeah. how he was governor. And that was his whole strategy. Right. Yeah. That was his thing. You yes. know, that's that is how he brought Democrats back into power by that's being exactly moderate. Right. right. And remember, prior yeah. to Clinton... You know, it had been, I think, 20, 30 years of Republicans. Well, I mean, yeah. from Nixon all the way up to Clinton, with the exception of Jimmy, Jimmy, Carter. Carter. Jimmy Carter. But a lot of people think Carter wouldn't have never been elected if it hadn't been for Watergate. So yeah. it's incredible how how dominant the Republican Party had been. So yeah. Clinton broke that, Yeah, just yeah. as yeah, you yeah. were saying. So now I think that the the prevalent thinking is um, the party is starting to think differently and we yeah. owe some of that to bernie sanders and i mm-hmm. you know i know that that became very divisive it you know within our party it still yeah. is it's a very tender point in our party yeah. <coughs> and as we learn more about how much we were hacked yeah you know because one of the things i couldn't figure out is um you know from where i stand politically i think mm-hmm. from where most of us stand politically i should have been a huge Bernie supporter, mm-hmm. but every time a woman would step up and say, hmm, Bernie, there would be this piling on. The Bernie yeah. girl effect was real, yeah. mm-hmm. and was. you know, now as we look at what was actually going on on Facebook and in our various communication mediums, it makes more sense because there was, a, there was just a thread of meanness that yeah. the doxing of all those female politicians that was yeah. coming from the Bernie camp, and and I think what was distressing was when he didn't speak out against right, it forcefully it enough. Yeah. yeah. So, but so that was the that was the struggle. But the really good thing that came out of it mm-hmm. is we are seeing this wave coming from further left. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more activated voters who are saying, "Hey, this could be," you know. And mm-hmm. I really believe strongly in this. Here, this will segue to theater. Mm-hmm. I really believe strongly that when we give people narratives that show them what life could be. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and we do that so much with the negative. We, um, how, I mean, right. I bet we could all name ten post-apocalyptic things we've seen or watched or mm-hmm. been in in the last five minutes. <laughs> um, you know, and and that that storyline mm-hmm. we are playing and playing and playing, mm-hmm. but actually shining a light and saying something like free tuition for everyone. 
There you right? go. Which everyone was like, oh, at first, <clears throat> that'll never work, right? right? And then everyone started to go, free tuition for everyone. Hey, now, wait a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. What a great idea. And that's the kind of thing where if we can start to shine a light towards what we could be in mm-hmm. a positive way, yeah. I think people get activated. And right now, there's I'm still okay. a lot of people who are discouraged. Yeah, I, um, I like to sing. And yeah. um, I will sometimes at the alley, I will sing America. Mm-hmm. I sing it because I grew up with Simon and Garfunkel. I love that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bernie stuck it in his commercial. And you see around the room all these bright, eye, glistening eyes when I sing it. And I'm like... Okay, y'all. It was just a commercial. It really was. But yeah. it's that hope you're talking about. There was yeah. that sense of hope again. So it'd yeah. be nice to see us go back in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Optim- optimism is, is important. And, you know, hearing, and that's another thing that happened this week, Barack Obama's wonderful speech oh, on the 100th gorgeous. anniversary of Nelson Mandela. Oh, I didn't hear the speech. I just saw him dancing <coughs> with his With his, with his sister and his yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was just a wonderful event. And, of course, you know, it just makes us all... Wish you know that it's mm-hmm. reminiscent yeah. of him, yeah. but basically he oh, still is. T- I know, <laughs> but he 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 evokes hope still. Yeah. yeah, he is such an optimistic person, and you're absolutely right, Gwen. Optimism is very important. Did anyone else feel like as soon as he kind of came back in and joined the national stage, it was like, oh, thank God, there's a parent home again. Like yes. that feeling, of like yes. Oh, Oh, thank goodness. We've been sitting here with, like, the teenagers running the crew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw Michelle. Uh, Michelle has just sponsored something. And just seeing her Mm -hmm. doing what she does, you know, she just has a way of sitting there quietly. Mm -hmm. But this, this, you know, mountain of dignity Mm -hmm. (laughs) suddenly appears in the picture. And it's like, oh, yeah. 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 It reminds me so much when, you know, when I go back home to D.C., mm-hmm. back to my grandparents or whatever, you, you know, I'm sure you're uh, a lot of black families will have a picture of King right on their wall. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe some Marcus Garvey or whatever mm-hmm. people, especially I'm noticing on Facebook or whatever they'll have as their avatar uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. Obama has become that 21st version, vir- you know, yeah. of King. Yeah. And, and well, and that you. was the other nice news this week was mm-hmm. the. Um, they, you know, they do. I guess at this point, for some reason, they do a poll mm-hmm. about who was the most popular president. And right now, Obama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. miss him. We definitely miss him. Yeah. So let's get into an origin story. Gwen Loeb, um, how did you how did you get into theater? <laughs> an origin story. I was bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then I just needed Super to Gwen. act. Gosh, how did I get into theater? Um, Are you born and raised here? Are you a native no, of the no, Bay? No, no, no. I was, uh, well, I was born in Seattle, but I was raised in central Illinois. Okay. Uh, Champaign-Urbana. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I spent uh, my summers going up to an arts camp up in Michigan called Interlochen. And mm. um, I, you know, started doing drama in grade school mm-hmm. but wow. I didn't but in high school I like ninth grade I got pulled into at that that point uh, middle school went up to ninth so mm-hmm. I got pulled into a production of Playboy of the Western World at the high school when I was still in junior high because yeah. they needed a redhead I guess <coughs> and uh, yeah I did it because uh, you know for the money mm-hmm. uh, obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah pay so much uh, right? Because I think probably at that age, I was pretty sure that was a really good way to mm-hmm. get a boyfriend. So, mm-hmm. you know, because, mm-hmm. like, I think most of us at some point was like, hey, I'll be on stage. That would be good. <laughs> but, yeah, and then um, really making people 
you know, being on the stage and feeling the give and take between uh, being on stage and the audience and everything that goes into it and the, mm-hmm. the community with the actors. Yeah, I was, I was hooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have siblings? I do. I have an older brother who's uh, actually in politics and in D.C., and he oh. built the first White House website when he was at MIT. Wow. <coughs> and he worked for both the Clinton and the Gore campaigns and the Obama campaign. Mm-hmm. Right on. And uh, then my younger brother is also in theater. Uh, he's he's a, a video game executive and a playwright. So nice. <coughs> Aaron Loeb. He wrote mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, Ideation and <coughs> Abraham Lincoln's Big Gay Dance Party. And <laughs> he just had a, a play open in uh, Dallas Theater Center called uh, The Trials of Sam Houston. Wow. Which, yeah, which were very – I, th- really I would love to see that. Yeah, it was really Little good. history. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was very, very good. And it was told from the perspective of – Okay, I'm gonna get in trouble now because I can't remember his name. Oh. But um, David Crockett, I don't know. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Sam Houston had um, had a slave who was with him and was his. Oh, interesting. Who was his most trusted assistant, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this from at now as an old man telling his memory of what went on during this crucial time <coughs> when Sam Houston had to decide whether or not to. Uh, enter into the Civil War to support the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, earlier, I think Sam Houston was uh, responsible for annexing Texas or trying to well, annex Texas. Well, that was later. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, uh, yeah, l- yeah, yeah, later. Mm-hmm. He went from there to Texas. He was basically exiled to Texas. Mm. And he did well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so, um, what, did you stay in Michigan, or uh, how, what brought you to the Bay? Uh, Illinois, I, I was, I worked around the uh, Midwest for quite a bit, and I lived in, uh, Minneapolis, and I worked with a Shakespeare company in Missouri, and worked in Michigan, and um, I, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was working for a company in Missouri um, that you know it's one of those non-union stories where mm. you go, this is why I went union. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, they were providing housing mm-hmm. and you know pay, and you know to work in a Shakespeare company, like, yay, we we're all so excited. Right. And um, at first the paychecks were great, and then the paychecks stopped coming. Mm. And then there was the day that they called us all into the uh, library in the town, and one of the owners of the of the company showed up armed with two armed guards and said, we are closing down at effective immediately. You are all to leave the premises immediately. Anything you left on site is no longer yours. Wow. And we were never paid. And I gathered up a group mm. of, I know, right? Um, there was one person who was paid at the end of that, and it, mm-hmm. he was equity. Um, so I gathered up a group of uh, the core acting team, and mm-hmm. we went out to Portland. We got a truck, shoved all our stuff in it, went out to Portland, started a theater company, and I was out there, <laughs> right, like you do mm-hmm. when you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was fun. And then a friend came and visited me and was mm-hmm. like, you should move to the Bay Area. And I said, yeah, right. <laughs> you find me an apartment for under $500 a month, and I will move to the Bay Area. And um, she is a Nichiren Daishonin Buddhist, and she got she got on the phone with all of her friends, oh and wow. within thirty minutes, she had me an apartment for four hundred and fifty dollars a month wow. on Holly Park Circle in Bernal Heights of San Francisco. Oh wow! And I was like, okay, I'm moving to 
moving to San Francisco. Now those are, that's what that's what friends are for, right? That's an amazing <laughs> right? friendship. I know. Yeah. I mean, that was it was it was fantastic. So Just when you were telling the, your story about the money thing, yeah, it reminded me. So I, I I went to school in New York, and while I was going to school in New York at NYU, I did technical theater to sort mm-hmm. of support my supplement myself. And there was a company called the um, the Italian American Repertory Theater. They were doing a a piece called A Barbershop in Pittsburgh. It was an okay. original piece. Hmm. To make a long story short, he had promised everyone on opening night, okay, you guys are going to get paid, and I'll have your paycheck ready. He w- he welched on that. Of course he did. <laughs> on opening yeah. night. On opening says, night. well, oh. I'm having some problems, and we'll – there was ne- a near mutiny. Right. People yeah. did not want to – do you have a story about uh, finances or, let's say, um, oh, the I, money not being I right? I on strike because we didn't have a contract. And – they had turned in a BAP to equity, but somehow I, their interpretation of what we were supposed to get paid was different than what it said on on paper. And equity wouldn't do anything because it was, it was a, a BAP. BAP. Yeah. Mm. And we finally had to go on strike. We went on – and the poor director, it was like the oh, day no. before tech or something – and oh. we said we are not stepping on that stage until we have a signed agreement, you know, mm-hmm. that you are going to pay. And we basically lied and said that we had equity backing us. <laughs> and they did. They they faxed over an agreement, signed agreement. We signed our copy. And then we went ahead and went to rehearsal. And then we got paid. And then we got reimbursed for every, travel and all that. I have never gotten the travel reimbursement on a BAP, ever. Well, it's just one of those things that just kind of goes, eh, I think know. I did once, and the and I feel sorry for the company because they said that then they really didn't have much money. Yeah. So I said, but I, I'm going across a bridge, so you got to at least cover my yeah. bridge. Oh, we'll do that, they said. Not doing the math. Right. That was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I, I think I've never asked for it because when a company is on a BAP, usually yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this for the show, not for the money because, right. you know, and because you also, I think it's good to support the companies when they're coming up and they're right. building their their base and, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the BAP is for. Right. But, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Those yeah. There are those few sometimes. I feel like there aren't as many in the Bay Area. What's that? Kind of those companies oh, that are, yeah, the shady, the shysters. Um, I yeah. think the word and gets I'm around quick. I think it does. Oh, and there was, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, there was another company where I, on my own, just had to go, I'm not, I will not be coming to rehearsal tonight because I did not have a signed contract. They had yeah. agreed to a contract. And then the, I don't know if there was a financial person, somebody decided that what they were actually going to pay me was for the hours as a percentage of the agreement. That's what they were going to pay me. So I got this check. I don't think it was even triple digit. I was like, oh, no. Uh, and that was for like two weeks or something. And I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> what, what was this? Wow. Yeah. And I just had to not come. And it, I had a young stage manager who oh. came at me. Oh, you have to come to rehearsal. And I was like, no, I don't. And I told her I'm not coming, and I don't have to come. I don't have a signed agreement. I'm not yeah. coming. And the director called me and said the same thing. And then the producer called me and said they would get on it. And it t- took them a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> but they got it. Yeah. It's interesting to me, and I, I, you know, to take a different tack of political, mm. I, I can't think. Uh, there's maybe a handful of women I can think of who could get away with doing that. 
Like uh. that's not, you know, that is not something that a woman can do mm-hmm. because now you're difficult. Now right. You're, now you're not going to work. Right. Because yeah. that, that difficult um, label for actresses mm. is, ooh, is that real? That is so real. You Ooh. know, I, I, I read an article today. It was basically on the from the Washington Post uh, website about transgendered men. Uh, these are women who transitioned into men. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the differences, especially in the workforce, oh, yeah. oh. how they're treated. I've seen some videos of some of those interviews. and mm-hmm. Wow. And they talk about the same thing you talked about, Gwen, where – Let's say as a woman, if you make a demand, it's like, well, you know, we'll see or, you know, mm-hmm. you're sort of passed by. I have no idea how it's reacted, but a man <laughs> can just, you, like you know. Me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> well, these are stories we need to hear, you know. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah. 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 The word hysterical gets used a lot. Let me tell you. I've, you're I've overreacting. Been, That's another good one. Mm, yeah. I'm saving that word for the first time some man is having a tizzy so I can just throw it in there. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed the uh, – the, um, oh, the congressional hearings when the woman said, you are off your medication. So off, <laughs> off your medication, if if that had been a woman speaking mm-hmm. the, and a man had been coming after, that would have been a hysterical. You're, you're being hysterical. Mm-hmm. You are overreacting. Yeah. Although in that case, he, he was, in fact, being hysterical. <laughs> he, was, he was being a lunatic. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the hearings. I didn't hear about these hearings. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name, the FBI agent. Yeah. Right. And oh. as he was grilling members of Congress. We talked about this with Scott Von Baer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I liked yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, had, we had to look it up. It's yeah. Strack, it's so, yeah, I know. That's why I can <laughs> see it and I can't pronounce yeah. it. Right. It's like, But boy, I rarely have enjoyed a hearing clip as much as watching him just tear into it. He was not backing down. No, I liked it. So, Gwen, what type of training have you had? What type of training have I had? Well, um... So I wound up going to uh, Interlochen for high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, that in was, Michigan, right? Yeah, in Michigan, and that was that was professional level training. And then mm-hmm. I went and got my BFA from University of Illinois. Rock on! Um, and that was I chose that because it was a conservatory program within a liberal arts school. Mm-hmm. Um, because my experience from having been in arts training since grade school was that. When artists are in a position where they're only studying the arts, mm-hmm. I find that it becomes a mirror, reflecting a mirror, reflecting a mirror, reflecting right. a mirror. Yeah. Sure. And that the more that uh, we can engage our minds and know about the world, as you you know, mm-hmm. as your podcast, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more that that enriches the art. So I got my BFA there, and then you know, since taken various mm-hmm. classes here and there. That is, it's fascinating uh, because there are theater. Pro- we've talked about like theater mm-hmm. programs where it's su- it, there's such tunnel vision, yeah. and there's almost a bit of cultism where it's like, hey, this Often. is the method, and yeah. we don't deviate from the method, and, mm-hmm. and all of yeah. a sudden you become a, almost a cult member, and it's so important to, you know, to sort of live. And we've had a lot of yeah. folks who are like, hey, I haven't had any training at all. I've just lived life, yeah. and then I walk on the stage and I have something to bring onto mm-hmm. the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I appreciate the, one of the things I appreciated about my training is that they gave us a lot of different methods and mm-hmm. said find what works for you, find the combination of things that work for you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be one right answer. Um, and you know, I have oh my goodness, there's a woman I worked with in Arizona, <laughs> worked there too, um, who she had been through some really hardcore training in New York where. Mm. 
you know, I, I think sometimes actor training trips over the line into abuce. Yeah, you know? it can. Some and people yeah. can. And she was just, you know, she had a lot of issues. She had a lot of stage fright at this point. Mm -hmm. But she was also still so slavishly devoted to that abuse she had received. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, and I just thought, well. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, you know, I was like, well, you know, that's what works for her, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. She can have real moments of brilliance, you know. So I, th I think that uh, like those beautiful sequoias you saw that mm -hmm. only open in fire. I think that yeah. we all, we mm -hmm. all get there how we need to get there. I've, I've always sort of been one of those. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't, I don't like to be abused yeah. in the process. That yeah. doesn't I'm, do well with me. I mean, I've, I've had teachers, you know, just grill students because you know they weren't getting it, or they were being difficult, or they thinking, I'm just going to push you, push you, push you yeah. right. into where they think you need to be. Um, and obviously, if you can't get there naturally, then maybe it's not, maybe acting isn't the thing for you, or maybe, maybe that's not the, the method. role for you. Right, exactly. Yeah, or maybe that's not the director for you. Right. I would mm -hmm. say, that, uh, so Norman and I know each other originally from Playground, and one of the things that um, I really, I think the first time I really had this epiphany uh, was working on a Playground festival. Mm -hmm. And oh, mm -hmm. there you're doing, you know, maybe, so there's six different short plays, mm -hmm. and and, you know, you're doing maybe four of them. Right. And you've got a very compressed rehearsal process, 10 hours for each script mm -hmm. and to a, f a different director for each script. Mm. So you're going from room to room to room. Right. And you know those shows that you'll be doing and you think all through the rehearsal process, you think, oh, I should have been an accountant. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm <so> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then mm. there are those shows where like, I am the best actor in the world. Right. I love this. I love you all. Mm -hmm. Right. And I started to realize how much of that is when you are in the room with someone who, for you, is not the right collaborator. Mm -hmm. They may be a brilliant director for somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. But the two of you are not good collaborators. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's maybe not you, right? It's not that you need to give up theater. It's mm -hmm. not that you were right. never meant to do this. You know, it's just that it's important that we find those people in such a subjective art form that aren't coming at it, and this is where acting training is difficult, is mm. because sometimes the directors come at it from a position of, you're all wrong, but I'm going to break you and I'm going to fix you. Right. Yeah. And Yeah, there are I, a lot of schools with that philosophy. Right? <laughs> Instead of, I love what you do, let's make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? there you go. And I think that we as actors are trained to think going to the person who's going to break us is better training right. than going to the person who actually gets us in the first place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as I, at this point in my life, I just, I don't have time for collaborating with people who don't like what I do. You know, it's like, right. it's like why, why, why did you cast do this to ourselves? Why did you cast me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, sometimes they do have actors thrust upon them. Mm -hmm. Right, so sometimes right. in the festival, uh, especially like in the that. festival, no, we, we've you, talked yeah. about that, and yeah. the playwrights festival, and I'm, the I mean, I felt great. I got yeah. to do this this last one, and um, and my cast was uh, my former professor. Yeah, yeah, that was like whoa, <laughs> and he and uh, Kathleen Ridley had been in yeah. the America play ten years ago, and they were together in my show. I was like. And and I had mentioned Kathleen when they were casting yeah. the America play. I said, "How about Kathleen Ridley?" And they called her up. She auditioned, and they cast her. So it was them coming back together. That was so sweet. That's I so was good. so thrilled. Yeah. And then Patty Silver. So oh, I'm getting right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Patty, um, I worked with Word for Word, and my second show, I was doing a school tour with mm -hmm. them. The second one, um, Patty was in the show. 
Yeah. And that was when I got to know her and got to know a little bit more about the women in Word for Word. Yeah. And so that was exciting to me. And, you know, a lot of times those folks just sort of sit back. You don't see them on stage. So to have her back on stage was great. And to have her where I give a direction and she kind of go, hmm? She'd give me a funny look. I love that about Patty. Working with Patty is awesome because if she doesn't know what you're talking, what, what you're saying, mm-hmm. she has no the, – the, right. the fear is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So think about what a 20-year-old actress, what, what contortions she will put herself through right. to avoid that difficult word. Yeah. And then you get someone who is as accomplished and delightful as Patty who is like, she doesn't know what you're saying. You're going to know in two seconds. Yeah. Right? It's like, huh? What? What? And, and I <laughs> – I think I've evolved enough to realize, yeah. okay, I've got limited hours, so we're not going to wrestle with this. We'll yeah. come back to it. Mm-hmm. We come back to it. She has just created something that yeah. completely fits the bill that may or may not be related to what I was saying. And I'm like, I'm so happy I'm working with <laughs> yeah, you. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. You just just do my work for me, please. <laughs> now, I had a question for you as a director. Have you directed before, Gwen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'll ask the both of you. Do you find, because what you mentioned was interesting, the communication between the director and the actor where I remember coming out of school, I expected the director to sort of be like a teacher mm-hmm. to sort of yeah, point me, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, exactly. And then, of course, uh, now it's like like I'm working with Radhika Rao, who's directing me. Right. And we, I get along so well with her because she appreciates all of the actors. She makes sure it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you are fantastic. And, you know, I just want to push you a little bit here, a little bit there. Right. And I can say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't understand why I'm doing this or doing that. But the evolution of communication, did you feel that you had to evolve, let's say, when you first directed? Mm-hmm. Learning how to – because you, you bring in all sorts of people who come from different personalities. You know, you don't know – communicating with you would be different from communicating yeah. with you. Yeah. Is there an evolution in, in knowing how to talk to people? I think everyone's different, but – Yeah, I think everyone has me, their yeah. own style. Yeah. And I think the, communi- the way that a, communi- a director communicates is part of what builds their reputation. Mm-hmm. I, I would, when I was out in um, Dallas with uh, my brother Aaron, and and I had the real pleasure of watching them toward the end of the process as they were creating this play, mm. and the artistic director of the theater, uh, Kevin Moriarty, was directing, and just watching the very simple, no, n- there was no heat behind it, way in which mm. he would give direction. Mm-hmm. Because I find that often part of what happens in order to communicate with a lot of different personalities, what I've heard, you know, I've heard production teams have long conversations just trying to figure out how to give a single note. Uh-huh. Right. Hmm. Well, we don't want to shut them down. Or so we, right. Well, okay, well, if we'll put it this way, well, maybe we'll put it. So, you know, just being able to trust the actor and say, Okay, well that's not uh, that's not working so well. So mm-hmm. instead, can you cross left and you know what whatever it is, yeah. whether it's you know stop raising your eyebrow or you yeah. know whatever you know mm-hmm. that I'm not sure what you're doing with your voice there. It's not quite working for me. Mm-hmm. You know, try yeah. this instead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that managing to clearly communicate in a way that the actors can understand is probably for me being an actor right is the mm-hmm. thing i find most important in any given director i'm sure there's a million things that when we have our directing hats on that we're juggling mm-hmm. right. um but i find that some directors get so convoluted mm-hmm. like they're using words that have no meaning yeah. Yeah. right we're like what oh, yeah. what do you say 
could you make that spongy? Like, what? Like, I just made that up, by the way. Yeah, There's no yeah, director in town or anywhere else. Or, or, or almost like corporate speak. Like, right, you know, it, yeah, yes, yeah. it becomes corporate speak. And you're like, what on earth? And then there are times, have you ever been in a, an audition or a callback where someone gives you that kind of correction and you're like, hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't well, know. I you know. the same way I treat it when I'm in rehearsal. I'm just like, um... So clearly you want something different or you think you want something <laughs> different and I'm going to give you something different. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where we're going, but sure. Right. Well, I mean, the question is in that moment, if someone says, can you make it spongier in a, in a callback, should we say, mm. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't know what you mean by that. Can you be clearer? I, yeah. I can you, can you say that, that another now, way? That, yeah. it's, that it's better to go ahead and have that dialogue yeah. rather than to just say yes and not have a clue with where yeah. you're going. Yeah. yeah. And I think I would have been, because now I do, mm-hmm. but again, I think 10 years ago even, I wouldn't have, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it would have been like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm fine, I'm good, I get it. When I, get I, when I think about some of the, not worst directors, but directors that I could not really work well with, mm-hmm. usually they'll give me a sense of direction without really knowing who I am or not even caring. I mean, obviously a director can't bond with every actor. Right. But yeah. at least know me enough or be curious enough to say, well... Uh, you know, you've made a decision. I'm not sure, you know, can mm-hmm. can we talk about what decision you've made? And you and I have, have talked about this. You, sometimes you don't have time right. to yeah. bond or whatever. But as an actor, if I know what your vision is as a director, mm-hmm. and I'll communicate. One of the first things I do when I read the script and I'm in rehearsal, I'll say, usually early in the process, hey, this is my vision of what I think the character is. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me now if I'm wrong, because... It'll be a, a very long rehearsal process if I, if I go in one direction. You're like, no, 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 J- yeah. you know. So and and uh, feel free to be direct. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, t- I'll tell a director. Well, I would hope that stuff would come up out of table work. But I know I would say the right. number one way I've evolved as a director is I used to go in as bright student. I'm going to explain the play to you, and I'm going to do this. And these days, more and more, I want to see what the actors are going to do. Yeah, I I just I when I directed that piece for uh, the Playground Gala, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I've got a brilliant cast, and rather than you know giving them too much, I, I found myself just asking them questions instead, mm. you know, because I felt like like you've got the instincts, you've got the yeah. experience, you don't need you know, let me ask you questions about what you think, and from there let's shape something, mm-hmm. you know. Too short a process for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came away thinking, well, maybe in an hour and a half, I should be a little more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you you came to the Bay in '95, mm-hmm. and um, we've been talking a lot about the difference between the Bay then and the Bay oh. now. Wh- how how what, what was see, yeah. what was Bay Area theater back in like in 1995? Oh, Bay Area theater, um, less traffic, <laughs> <laughs> nicer park cars. Yeah. Um, no Moscone Center, right? There was no Moscone Center. There was no yep. AT&T Park, I don't think. There was Wh- no AT&T Park. But, um, YBCA, I don't think, existed, right? Must that, yeah, that was all in that process because that was the yeah. last bit of that whole Moscone thing was mm-hmm. throwing yeah. that in. Yeah, the, the, the development, redevelopment dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, was there vibrant theater? I mean, were there oh lots gosh, of... Oh, gosh, yeah. It was yeah. vibrant, God, yeah. It was vibrant, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was vibrant, and it was, uh, you know, again, I'd worked many, many places before mm-hmm. then and uh, around the country, and what 
made me realize like, ah, I found home, mm-hmm. right? Was, uh, it was a very vibrant community. It was also a very supportive community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had a real, it's, it had and continues to have a depth. Mm. Um, and I think that if there's anything that we've suffered from since 95, it's simply that things have gotten so expensive. It's very difficult to maintain a company here now. Yeah that um, the number of funders funding the arts has not kept up with uh, the you know that expansion of need. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movement by a couple of the larger foundations to um, to actually intentionally focus all their funding on just the large companies because yeah. they said there are too many companies, mm-hmm. so we need to kill some off. I mean, they published a report that said this, mm. and th- it, w- it worked. Um and yet some of them also, you know, dug in like those beautiful flowers that grow up between the cracks in the sidewalk. <laughs> and like, you're not yeah. getting rid of us. Um, but, yeah, I think the Bay Area Theater is spectacular. I think it's one of the most supportive and diverse communities that I've, mm-hmm. I've ever worked in. Yeah. Really, really lovely. Um, you know, obviously it would be nice to have more equity houses. But yeah. Now, you've worked <laughs> in Playground. Have there, what other theater companies have you worked well, with? Well, I will say oh, I many. just saw her in – Livermore, Livermore shakes um, mm-hmm. importance of being earnest, which was amazing, and you were, you made it such a joy, and I could feel how the cast was kind of, you know, when you get on that stage, you go, no, I know where I'm going with this. When your other actors kind of tune into that, it's Aww. kind of a neat thing to see. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was an incredible cast. They were just so wonderful. We had uh, uh, three different MFA students from ACT, right. and. Um, as in in the quartet of lovers, and then uh, Dipper Lagan, who is also the production manager out at LSF, and mm-hmm. is just a brilliant. She played Cecily. He's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it was just you know it was a it was a lovely lovely group. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see where else have I worked? <laughs> where else have I worked? Uh, let's see, Marin Theater Company, Aurora, Shotgun. Um, Oh dear, I'm thinking through my resume now. Yeah. Um, I've done I've done a lot of new play development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that uh, I really enjoy. So I've worked with Bay Area Playwrights Festival as mm-hmm. well as um, Playground. Playground. Yeah. yeah, as well as a lot of just working independently with playwrights, helping them to launch their plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a musical that I've been helping with now for I think we're going on five years. It's mm-hmm. just that crazy, right? and I've. But, you know, I've gone to New York with them twice. That's been lovely. Oh, wow. I'm working with Prospect Theater Company and with um, and with Jane Atkinson Gill. She directed it once as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you got me curious. Is that Tanya Schaefer's show? No, no. Tanya's I was also involved with. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> I won't These be shows that go to New York, it just amazes me. I'm yeah. like, well, hey. Yeah, take us. Area, take us with you. Well, the Bay Area doesn't seem to quite know how to support that, but fortunately there are people who understand enough right. about how to make it happen that it keeps happening. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm happy with the way that SF Playhouse has started to evolve that, right? Mm-hmm. So they they took Abraham Lincoln's Big Gay Dance Party out. They also took Ideation. They've taken uh, – they took Bauer, a couple other plays, and they mm-hmm. they take the Bay Area cast, so they get to perform off-Broadway, which is just wonderful. Yeah. You know, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Because I feel like when you put that time and effort into developing the shows, it's really nice when the playwrights and producers understand that, that mm-hmm. we've, we've poured a lot into this creation right. process as well. So. Yeah. San Francisco Playhouse, yeah, that's a – because I was thinking about the companies that are around now, like I think about um, – the um, 
uh, uh, piano fight. Uh, yeah. Some you know there are these venues where you know um, they're new original works and right. they are you know blown the breath of life and mm-hmm. they can yeah. actually get an audience and whatever. But then you have other theater companies where they do the standard operating stuff and. Um, and and then you have those who sort of just dwindle and die out. What do you think of the state of theater now? I mean, do you think that um, that I don't know that uh, the it's the money is just too much that other companies will die out, or what? What do you see? Um, I see theater companies actually they seem to be really flourishing right now. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's hard, but they're finding a way. And, you know, if we use uh, SF Playhouse as an example, you know, they were they were small and scrappy right, 15 were. years ago, yeah. right? And yeah. now everyone's like, oh, well, San Francisco Playhouse, right? right? You know, and, it, and you mm-hmm. look at uh, Crowded Fire and mm-hmm. Golden yeah, Red right. and, uh, you know, these companies that sometimes it's just <laughs> – I think it's a little bit like dieting, right? It's like it looks impossible when, when you're st- – but. You know, just keep going right. with the exercise or whatever it is. And, you know, 10 yeah. years from now, it's not going to be wasted time. Um, you know, they've got – I think there's – I'm not sure where everyone is getting their base of support, but um, there does seem to be a strong theater-going community in the Bay Area, and that's good. And I love what ACT has done with the Strand. It's right. really nice. Yeah, they've really invited folks in, which has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really nice, and it's a nice alternative to the Geary. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I th- I th- I think we've got a great theater community mm-hmm. here. I mean, I think that there's still people who, gosh, look at Ubuntu, right? Yeah. Because you would because there was actually a point, um, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, where people were actually actively saying, "Don't start another theater company. Don't do it. Don't, mm-hmm. For God's <laughs> sakes, don't do it." And you know. There are people who just didn't listen to that. And thank right. goodness they didn't listen to that. Right? Ubuntu's doing really well. Right. And they're doing fantastic work. Mm-hmm. And if they'd just kind of gone, oh, I guess we shouldn't start a theater company, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't exist. But they're right. doing great stuff. Yeah. And I'm so amazed at their theater companies that they figure out the financing and they can just keep on going. Yeah. And I've been in a couple of, you know, groups that, you know, let's say after three productions or whatever, the money ran out. And they right. couldn't yeah. figure out how to... You know, advertise and I think that's going to continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always happens. We're always going to have like the pop up. Let's yeah. give it a shot. Okay, it didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Or we did the yeah. thing we wanted to do. There was a gorgeous. This is a wo- long while ago. Um, I think the play is called Texas, and um, and it's three Asian American mm-hmm. men. Those three actors started a company, did the show, and within six months, two of them were in L.A. and the other one was getting ready to go to mm-hmm. L.A. And it was like, okay, that was. Really exciting, and it's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, they're and they're all one and done. It's like uh, Ray of Light Theater uh, when we did Debbie Does Dallas the Musical. Mm-hmm. That was basically a subsidiary theater company, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But its main purpose was just to do that one thing. Boom, that's it, and they're and they're done. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, there are other companies who have this lofty dream. Oh, if I just pour the money in, the people will just come, and you know, you have this dream, and the dream comes deferred, and that's it. And then you have <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the musical montage happens, and you push some brooms around, and suddenly, boom, you've got a theater, and there are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. when it happens. It is amazing when it happens, yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and you're right. It is amazing to see it continue 
Um, I used to feel like I wanted to fix the theater scene. And now I just want to look at what works. Because even companies where I don't really appreciate their work, I see how it satisfies an audience. Yeah. It satisfies a talent base. It satisfies a community. Mm-hmm. And they thrive. And you're like, okay, well, I can't poo-poo that. That that yeah, works. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I. It's funny. Yeah, I think when I was younger, too, I would like look at it and go, like, oh, what is the purpose? What is it? You know, for some in in different. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember in Minneapolis looking at some of the companies going, oh, oh, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, wh- who is it for us? Does it like right. like I don't watch sports. That doesn't mean no one should watch sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're they're going to be companies that have. Um, I, I just agree with everything. Yeah, you say. no, no Anton's well. Anton's well is a great yeah. example, and it's funny because I love talking to Robert about it. Um, I feel like he's created his own little world these little two and three people plays that create these bizarre worlds but they're the way people talk and they're the situations Mm -hmm. that people live in and they're the strange ways that we allow our lives to get a little off the beaten path and they are all very different but somehow it feels like there's a connective thread there and i'm like okay so you go to see their show you're not expecting that simple set you know we're going to gently get into this world. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no gently. You're jumping into this world, wow. and you're flailing to try and figure out what the hell's going on. And then before you know it, it's over, and you have all these feelings. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, What do wow. I do with these? Is there a therapist in the lobby? Yeah. yeah it yeah. was just like uh, there was – I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, that Dark Knight, the something. It wasn't Dark Knight. It was um, – and it was a British piece, two women – and you basically see their relationship as it comes together and then sort of falls apart. And on that journey is so many things that we recognize. We know these. We see why this yeah. happens. Oh, we hope that'll go better. Just like the character hopes that will go better. Right. And we've got all the information that they have that it's not going to go better. But we hope anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yay, Robert, keep <laughs> Doing that, um, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to open one this weekend, um, probably tonight. Um, uh, four twenty, f- what is it? Four twenty psychosis, I think it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been seeing the <coughs> the prompts for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's supposed it's supposed to be good. You yeah, know, there's um, another another mm-hmm. one that I didn't mention that mm-hmm. I've worked with uh, Central Works. Oh, they're yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 and I, there's, I, there's one I'm a where central worker. You're, yeah, you're a central yeah, yeah. worker. Yeah, yeah. Gary yeah. Graves was here, and I've worked on. Yeah. Uh, they did Mesmeric Revelation. There's a poster right there. Yeah, and they I do did fantastic just work. worked with Radhika in uh, mm-hmm. Strange Ladies with them. And oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did Blastosphere years ago. But there's another one where they've got, you know, mm-hmm. what, 50 people right. tonight can right. see the show. Yeah. yeah. You know, they do great work in that small space, and mm-hmm. they have been going now for, yeah. I think, 20 years, and they're great, and they pay. Yeah, they pay very well. They, do they pay, pay well. everyone they do very well. well. Yeah, and because they focus on that, and you know, I just, I, I think that they're an incredible example of um, a very ethical way mm-hmm. to treat artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you know, the counterpoint to that is then Gary and Jan don't get paid, right? So yeah. it's it's this. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we give theater producers enough appreciation sometimes right. for the fact that they're working their butts off to create this vessel so that we can come play in mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and what it takes for them to put that together and to maintain it and, 
for it to be something where we all come in and go, oh, this is wonderful, instead of go, oh, it's mm. not very clean in here. <laughs> yeah, right. Can exactly. I, where's the water? Are yeah. we going to have a break soon? <laughs> right. Yeah, it can't all be the Orpheum. But no, you made a good point where you have these little theater companies. They have their little audiences right? because they have a little niche. Yeah. And they find that niche, and they sustain themselves from that niche. They're yeah. not trying to be the be-all, the end-all. Well, and, and mm-hmm. like one of the things I pushed, I pushed with Central Works and with Shotgun um, was to – recognize that when somebody walks in your door you've got their money mm-hmm. and you're probably they're probably not coming back here for a month or two because this is the show you're doing so why not acknowledge the people you've worked with who are doing other shows right now the local companies that you have connection to what they're doing right now so that it looks like there's an actual theater scene <laughs> and not just your yeah. little company with your little audience <laughs> Yeah, I've been noticing more and more companies doing that. It's really nice because it's one more way in which I feel like we reaffirm that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really well, good. And I feel like yeah. the audiences know I know the audiences know it because I have <laughs> – I bump into people who say, I know what you're doing because it's in the Central Works program. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> all I know is same here. Yeah, exactly. We're running into the uh, the hour mark, um, yeah. so um, – I did the time <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh, Shout-outs, birthdays? We always we, – we, we love to talk about our theater people and their birthdays. Oh, yay. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who's coming up? Oh, gosh. You missed mine. Oh, when was yours? No. July 7th. No. It was Cancer. On. We mentioned <gasps> it. You mentioned it, and I yes. missed yes. it. Oh, see, okay. Now, see, I just added myself for having not listened to all your podcasts. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, gosh. And there's a little bit of overlap because you do it for the week. So Stanley Spanger, we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Subterranean Shakes. Vicky um, Sabardier, we already talked about him. Araneta, we already talked about. Who's coming up? I'm Kim Myrick. Myrick, I believe his name is Myrick. He's, um, his dad is um, Kevin. He does the stuff for African American Shakespeare. Um, Kim is often, is, you know, helping with builds and stuff like that, but he also is often the operator. Gene uh, Johnson, who is running the Theater Teaching Artists Guild. There's oh, a teaching wow. artist guild, yeah, and, and and it's funny. They started it here in the Bay Area. Somebody moved to LA, and they opened a chapter there. That chapter has taken off and has sort of taken the lead on what this organization is trying to do. So um, she's also an actress, but she's been putting energy into that. Uh, John Strain, I went to college with. I don't know if he's still doing acting. And Chico Purdyman, yay! And Dawson Moore. Dawson Moore is a playwright. Chico Purdyman is an amazing actor who. Mm-hmm. Who did the L.A. journey? It's one of the things when you live in the Bay Area yeah. is those people who decide it's time for them to go, and then they go, mm-hmm. and then they come back for whatever reason. I mean, mm-hmm. I think one of the most amazing actors in the Bay Area came back because family. He came back to help take care of family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And he had just done a film down in L.A. right before he moved back. And I was like, you're really good. Oh, my God. Don't. <laughs> so Chico is one of those people who has mm-hmm. gone, had some time down there, and now he's back up here. Mm-hmm. Gwen, have you been to L.A.? Have you thought about film and all that I, stuff? You know, I've done some films, and it is not my thing. I, really? I, I enjoy the process, but I think part of it is I still – I'm thinking about getting back into it more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was um, 
when I was coming up and getting my film training when I was in my 20s and an mm-hmm. itty-bitty thing and everything, I was told, no, you can't do film. Your nose is too wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they's like, well, if you want to get a nose job. And then I was just talking to, you know, the gorgeous so when young did you woman. you get the nose job? Well, oh, yeah, you're so cute. <laughs> you know that uh, the gorgeous young woman who played Gwendolyn in Importance mm-hmm. of Being Earnest, um, Catherine Ramos, who's at uh, ACT, she, when she was in L.A., she's got, like, if you saw her nose, you would just, this is ridiculous. They told mm. her she'd have to have a nose job. Oh, this is just ridiculous. And so it's it's one of the things that's done to right. actresses, right? And I, I realized that when I would go in for on camera, mm-hmm. there's such a license to look at us in a way that it is not allowed in any other aspect of your life. Right. Except maybe a first date. And then if somebody does that to you on a first date, you're like, I never want to see you for a second. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so it, it just, it felt like street harassment. You know, <laughs> it's so awful. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't done a lot of film. But yeah, I did do a, a movie with uh, Christopher Lloyd that was fun. Hey, mm-hmm. wow. Jim Ignatowski himself, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. People would have, you know, millennials are like, Who, who's Jim Ignatowski? Uh, <laughs> but that was it for my birthday. List. That was it oh, for your nice. birthday? Oh, sorry. So, um, Caroline Clay, I mentioned her before, a uh, fantastic actress in the D.C. area, was a mentor of mine. Uh, we went to school together. Also, uh, yeah, her birthday's today. Also, Lori Goff, another ex-Elling tonight. I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. In D.C. And uh, Lori, I think she is also an actress as well. She still acting as well. Her birthday is Thursday, along with Glenda Solis. Uh, she and I were in The Marriage of Bette and Boo uh, by Christopher Durang. Uh, her birthday is Thursday. Also, Stephen Collins. He is a, a local actor. Uh, I think he's done a lot of work with uh, the, the Playwright Center for San Francisco. Who else? Um, Tom Ferris, and his birthday is Wednesday, July the 25th, and he's done a lot of work at the Douglas Morrison Theater, uh, and I've acted with him uh, many, many times. And that's it. That's all that I have for this uh, for this week, or this coming week. So happy birthday to you all. That's right. If shows are happening, <laughs> let us know. We want to yeah, exactly. spread the word. Shows? Um, I, Elizabeth is doing this thing called A Place to Belong. It was a mm-hmm. uh, collaboration between ACT and Destiny Arts. And so that's going up uh, July 24th at the Strand Theater. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 24th through the 27th at the Strand. And then the 28th and 29th at Destiny Arts in Oakland. So that one I wanted to mention. I think you probably got the rest of the list. You know, Shotgun is doing white. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. White. I've, I've talked about White. That'll be opening up. Uh, that did open July the 8th, and that finishes August the 5th. Uh, Jed Presario, he's in that. Um, the Playwrights uh, Center for San Francisco. We're starting week two of the 10-minute um, festival, 10-minute so play festival. So you performed last week? We performed last week. Oh. Uh, out of nine, uh, two are selected mm-hmm. to, I guess, there's a finalist that'll happen in, in November. Okay. And uh, so we're doing round two. That's what Radico was um, sure. uh, directing me on. So we perform on Sunday, this okay. Sunday. So uh, come on out. That'll be at the Shelton Theater at 533 uh, Sutton. Um, yeah, Sutter Street. Uh, we'll put a link in for that. Also, you guys had mentioned Anton's Well. Yep. That's uh, uncomi- Uncompromising 448 Psychosis. Mm-hmm. That's the... Uh, right, yeah. The um, playwright apparently wrote this piece and then committed suicide. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. Creepy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I want to watch. Playwright that. Sarah Kane. I mean, I'm just, I mean, it'll be great. Wait, no, Sarah Kane? 
As playwright Sarah Kane she writes in the play. She's still alive. Okay. Well, is that the playwright? That's what it's, I'm looking oh. at the the website here. Maybe I'm thinking about his next show. Okay. <laughs> the you're, you're thinking about, <laughs> are you wishing death upon Sarah Kane? No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, the no, name he, of the He th- describes these plays to me, and they're hard to describe. And yeah. I'm pretty sure Sarah Kane's still alive. Well, I don't well know. what do I know? Miss Kane, if you're alive, play. hit us up on phone. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, let us let us know that you're alive. And actually, it's not called uncompromising. It's called 448 psychosis. There we 448 go. psychosis, yeah. yes. And so, yeah, so that's going on. I think I mentioned white. Yeah, I think I mentioned that. Also, we've been plugging races. Um, that's the um, yeah. Racist Texas. Oh, right, yes. Too, because although there have been because other things going over. on in the news, it's not over. It's not and there are still shot. kids. Still not connected with their parents. Yeah. There's still court proceedings happening. Right. All sorts of horrible things. So also please, they are still babies. separating kids. They're oh. still doing it. They're, wow. Yeah, they're uh, asylum seekers. NPR just was following through mm-hmm. uh, a whole story with a group family was trying to get across, and they mm-hmm. were told, "Well, you can come, but we'll probably separate you from your kids." Wow. And wow. Yeah, this was that story was done two weeks after. The administration said they were no longer going to be doing it. So. Yeah, yeah. So we we keep promoting it, and uh, you may think, oh, well, they have money already. They continue to use the money because they're continuing to be people yeah. who are in the courts who need lawyers, mm-hmm. and they need to be bailed out because once they're bailed out, they could be reconnected with their kids. Right. And um, so, yeah, Racist Texas. That's the uh, Refugee and Immigration Center for Education and Legal Services, and we'll put a bl- uh, plug in for that. We should probably also mention uh, Livermore Shapes is uh, oh, just open Winter's Tale. Yes. Ah, so excellent. That last weekend. Yeah. We know someone in that, right? Um, Michael Wayne Rice is in it. Um, and yes, oh gosh, what's his name? Alan, isn't Alan Coyne? Alan Coyne. Alan Coyne. Coyne. Yeah. That's right. Who was just in Sense and Sensibilities, which I think closed. Yeah. He's in I'm everything. He's he's fantastic. <laughs> Do you and know that's, him? If I, if I go back out there, that will be why, because I want to see him on yeah. stage. Yeah. He's fantastic, and he has also been in the chair or the yay. The chair. <laughs> Speaking the of which, <laughs> are there any shows that you'd like to plug? Oh, uh, you got any projects coming up? Yeah, I do. Let's about? see. I'm, I got asked to do a reading of Harry Potter with word for oh, word. Oh, yes. Hey. Very excited about right that. Right on. And uh, I'm going to be workshopping a musical version of As You Like It with San Francisco, play, or San Francisco Shakespeare. And then I'll be doing uh, Graveyard Shift with San Francisco Playhouse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is uh, a retelling of the uh, Sandra Bland story. Mm-hmm. So, oh. yeah, yeah. I'm, s- I'm so glad to have a chance to uplift that story when mm-hmm. you get it. Wow, powerful, yeah. powerful, yeah. powerful. Yeah. And when, uh, is, when is that coming up? Uh, that will open in October. Oh. Yeah, so it goes into rehearsals in September 12th, so in about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Right, right on. We'll we'll be opening Four Men in Paris. Four Men in Paris. Regis oh, play. Oh, nice. Where at? Um, the Douglas Morrison Theater. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, and I that have auditions this weekend and yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we have callbacks uh, the, this uh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh my so. goodness. <laughs> the wheel never stops turning, does it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a fun process, and so you know it's it's, it's fantastic. Okay. Did, you have, did you have a good time? 
I had a great time. This was really fun. Yeah, it's like sitting and chatting with friends over drinks. Right or on. Ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's donuts, by the way. Y'all want what you haven't here. touched at all. You know, you know, it's hard to eat a donut <laughs> all donut, and yeah. talk into a mic. You know? Yeah. I mean, if I'd gone to Oxford, I could do it with perfect diction. Oh, right? oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, any case, um, that's it. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and you can search for the Yay, and you'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app on and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I'm at Reg Space Clay, and Norman's on Hoosier Hoosier, and um, you'll find us. And we, we gotta, gotta find, find a better, better sign-off. Sign off. <laughs> <laughs>